What's good, everybody? This is Noah Alvarez, and you are tuned into another edition of the My Mike and I podcast. I am your host, Noah Alvarez. Welcome back. Hope your 2020 is off to a great start. As I always do, before we get into each episode, I want to thank my man, Generic Sports, for producing the instrumental playing in the background. You can check out more of his work at soundcloud.com slash generic sports. You can also follow him on Twitter and on Instagram. Search up generic sports, same username uh, on both platforms. And then also look up him up on Bandcamp too. If you're someone looking for beats or for instrumentals, be sure to go support your local producer. And one more time, that's generic sports. He produces all the instrumentals here for the My Mike and I podcast to play in the intros and in the outros. Also want to thank my good friend Vince Correa for helping design the My Mike and I logo that you are seeing in your screen. He's also very active too in creating a lot of the content for the My Mike and I Instagram page. And now if you're wondering, you can go give that page a follow at my period, Mike and period I. One more time, that's at my period, Mike and period I. Again, you can also follow me on my personal Instagram page. It's on private, so you will have to send a request. But it is at Noha underscore Alvarez. Also, you can follow me on Twitter at underscore Noah Alvarez. I like interacting with fans of the show. And if you have any constructive criticism, any feedback that you'd like to give, all those three social media platforms would be a great way to give those back. Did want to remind all the listeners that we are available on Google Play, on SoundCloud, on TuneIn, on Stitcher as well as Apple Podcasts on Spotify. would really appreciate you if you guys hit that follow button. Also, we are available on the Big Heads Podcast Network, too. Shout out to them for putting us on. It's a network that is home to many great podcasts, including the How I Met Your Friends podcast. Now, if you're a fan of both the shows How I Met Your Mother and the show Friends, then you are going to love this podcast. Here's a commercial describing a little bit more about their show. Do you watch Friends? Do you watch How I Met Your Mother? Then you should listen to How I Met Your Friends. Hi, I'm Kathleen. And I'm Julie. And we are the ladies behind How I Met Your Friends, the podcast that explores the similarities and theories of friends and how I met your mother. Every week, we watch an episode from each show and dive deep into the crossovers and catchphrases. So if you've ever noticed the similarities between these fantastic shows, come check out our podcast. You can reach us on social media at How I Met Your Friends Pod or email Pod at gmail.com. Boom, Noah Alvarez back here in action with the My Mike and I podcast. Let's get into it. Episode 87. Well, actually, before we get into episode 87, did want to make a correction to last week's episode. In the intro, I did say there was going to be three straight days of great college football action because um, I thought the college football championship was on January 6th between LSU and Clemson. It's actually January 13th, so I did want to make that correction. It's going to be this weekend where the NFC and AFC divisional round take place in the NFL playoffs. And then you have the college football championship rounding up on Monday. I'll be at the local B-dubs watching that game with some good friends of mine. Probably watch the NFL games from home or wherever I can. Probably on my phone somewhere. Uh, I signed up for that YouTube free trial TV. So I'm probably going to be watching it somewhere remotely. Nonetheless, be sure to check out those games if you're a football fan. And follow me on those social media platforms as I'll probably have a hot take or two about some of the football action going on this weekend. Nonetheless, now let's get back into episode 87. Last week, we did a Best Hip Hop of 2019 podcast. Well, this week, Knife and Alex rejoined the show as they've been on a few different episodes before in the past. And we're going to talk about our favorite movies from the year 2019. 
lists everything from Avengers Endgame to Spider-Man, as well as to Serenity, as well as to Hustlers, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. All those movies get mentioned, plus a few more. We also create a top five list. Be sure to go check that out on the My Mike and I Instagram page at my period, Mike and period I. So without further ado, hope you enjoy the conversation between Alex Knight and I discussing our favorite movies from the year 2019. Disappointing movies of 2019. What are you guys going to start with? I'm going with Hobbs and Shaw. Ooh, okay, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, growing up, Fast and Furious was such a big part of my entire like life, right? So Hobbs and Shaw is like, oh, it's going to be a fun spinoff. It's going to be cool. It's something refreshing. But it just like, it, it didn't even make it mark on it. We were talking about it right before, and we just like fell asleep in the day. Yeah, and, I fell asleep, <laughs> and that's kind of how it felt. Just like it's such a good build up to it too. It's like mm-hmm. oh, it's gonna be a first spinoff. It's gonna be cool. It's gonna be something exciting to watch, and I don't know. It just felt like another rock movie that you like forget about. Right. It so. almost seemed like it shouldn't even had its name attached to Fast and Furious. And granted, the two characters are from the Fast and Furious yeah. series, but that that series is so different now. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of like I don't want to say it's a shame what they've done with it, but it's. To me, it's like not where I wanted to see this series yeah. when it first started. And if they were, you told me that they were gonna be doing this now, I'd have been like, oh, like nah. After a six one, I thought like it's getting too much rock. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Of course. Like, it's Furious Seven, like Furious Eight, and I was like, okay, it's a little too much of the rock. Right. You know? It's like it's not of the entire team that you think of. Mm-hmm. How Towards- furious can these people be? Exactly. <laughs> it's like it's they like are next- certainly fast, but like, <laughs> you know, jumping out of airplanes, like come on. You're gonna be doing some wild stuff. Like, yeah. And that's but like for the latter half of the decade, it's been like a rock run. Like yeah, exactly. he's he's had a really good run since like 2014, 15, mm-hmm. and just like being in every movie and every movie he gets in, it's like dominated with him and like action heavy. So I guess that's where it's gonna go. I'm glad they kind of like separated and they didn't put like Vin Diesel mm-hmm. and like some of those other characters in it. But you know, they would have liked to be in there. Yeah, I'm sure they would. <laughs> going to Samoa. Yeah, and yeah seen all their Twitter. Uh, yeah, yeah, all their Twitter, Twitter beef going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah with him 100%. and Tyrese as well. What happened to the family? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was, yeah, it, it seemed like it had a lot of endings. That, that's what bugged me, because I was sorry for it to end a couple of times. Like, oh, yes, this is a natural end. Okay, no. This is a, no. No. Um, but it had some individual, like, scenes where it was, like, fun action. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was disappointing. I was expecting more. Yeah, fun action, and that was kind of it. Another disappointing one for me, it was another action movie, Gemini Man. Uh, we were talking about Will Smith. I just, anytime there's a lot of buildup for a movie like that, and I didn't really see a lot of commercials, so I went into the movie kind of not knowing what to expect, but I don't know. I just, after seeing uh, Will Smith in Aladdin, after seeing Will Smith in a few other movies in the past couple years and decades even, it's like, it wasn't his best movie, and not so much because of his acting, but more so just because of like the whole entire script and everything. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't expect a lot from Will Smith because it's a, that's a fun movie. It's a, a summer movie. Now I'm just looking forward to Bad Boys. Yeah, uh, yeah, Bad Boys uh, for life. Brings it back. Exactly. Bloated uh, Martin Lawrence. Uh, <laughs> Too many chicken wings. Oh, and for me, a disappointing one was Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, just, really? Yeah. I didn't feel like it tied up the trilogy very well. Yeah, uh, it's not they were, yeah, you know, they were going in different directions. They like didn't like what the second one did. They're trying to like change a bunch of stuff. So I didn't feel like a cohesive trilogy. It didn't, right. it didn't sound like they have a plan. And it hit me especially hard because uh, 
Endgame was a movie that I thought tied it up all really, really well. Right. And they had to deal with, like, dozens of movies mm-hmm. and bring them all together. So they couldn't bring it along, even do, like, two. Yeah, so it, it just seemed like they forgot about a lot of things. They took things that they told were important, they ignored, or they made things important that might not have been. Mm-hmm. So I just don't want to spoil anything, but... Yeah, of course. No, I mean, if you're listening to this, just full full disclosure ahead or we're giving spoilers away no but it, it's I was different directors right from the last two Star Wars movies but it, no no same one it's J.J. Uh, Abrams okay but then the second one became uh, Ryan Johnson yeah different directors yeah so it just so it just seemed... one, this is J.J. Abrams right? <laughs> <laughs> so. no you're good but it just seemed like like you said Endgame it had a lot of movies to tie in together and for this to be the end of Star Wars and on all the movies, you would like to see it better, just kind of like more well put together and like more cohesive, like what you said, with the, the ones that were previously leading up to it, for sure. Another disappointing movie for me, Dark Phoenix from X-Men. Okay. Um, I'm really glad X-Men are going back to the MCU. Uh, so that's going to be exciting, but at the same time, it's like, you always have this hope. It's like, you know what? Because ever since X-Men Days of Future Past came out, I was like, these movies are actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Just like... Maybe being a little too harsh on it, so I was kind of excited with seeing what they're gonna do. I know like Apocalypse was like a really big disappointment mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. So when this movie was coming out, I wasn't too excited for it. I didn't have too many expectations going into the movie, but even watching, I still was disappointed mm-hmm. just because like Dark Phoenix is one of my favorite characters too from X Men, uh, like whole Jean Grey. Uh, um, whole story arc and all that stuff from the cartoons Mm -hmm. it's always been something memorable for me so this movie I was like you know what maybe they can like pull it off you know like I know Fassbender as Magneto McVoy as like uh, Charles Xavier it's like they got a good cast going in they can't really mess it up too much unless like they just botch it up again Mm -hmm. Uh, so that was one movie that kind of had me disappointed as well Um, I think it's rightfully so that they're going back to Marvel. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what's going on with that. Yeah. Another one that disappointed me was Men in Black International. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that one was disappointing too because I remembered the first two, first two Men in Black and they did a third one too that tied in with the story really well. And they were really well done. I took my girlfriend to see this one and she was like, oh, like that was, she was left disappointed as I was. <coughs> and I had to explain to her like, nah, that's not part of the real <laughs> Men in Black series. Like I got to show you the real old ones now because this is BS, yeah. like, don't watch this. And and it just seemed like they just took a lot of the, um, with Hemsworth and some of the other characters from Thor Ragnarok mm-hmm. and from Endgame, and just, awesome. they kind of try to ride that momentum and just like, hey, throw them in this Men in Black movie, and mm-hmm. it'll be it'll be good just because of the, uh, the actors yeah. that are in it. But it just, it wasn't, you could tell it was, like, really half-assed, like, as far as the script and directing and everything, and I was like, man, this is disappointing, because Men in Black were some really good movies. They were, they were a lot of fun for me, the first two and even the third one. A lot of fun. Will Smith again, so mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Definitely. It's hard to top Will Smith, and if, <laughs> if you're going to try and do a movie that was, remake a Will Smith movie, you got to, like, go out. you got to go out with a bang, you know? Yeah, I agree. Uh, because it just seemed like they were sleepwalking through all their performances. Yeah. Kind of so boring. And, uh, <laughs> not a fan. But I was excited for that one. I was like, oh, maybe this could be fun, this could be fun, and mm-hmm. it wasn't. Uh, for me, one that was disappointing uh, would be Hellboy. Mm. I didn't necessarily have like the largest hopes for, but it, I know it was uh, the original ones were cool because of Guillermo del Toro. This one just didn't seem like again it didn't really hold together very well. It could have had like, a cool, um, a darker vibe, uh, but it also seemed kind of recent, like kind of soon after the original ones. Mm-hmm. But and that, that was a little disappointing to me. Mm-hmm. 
And then another one that I found kind of disappointing, it's like on the border of disappointing and just kind of okay, was It Chapter 2. Mm-hmm. For me, I really liked the first one, but the first one wasn't that scary. And the second one, too, they kind of advertise it as a scary movie, but it's not really a big horror movie. But I, I do like the fact that they brought the older cast in and they kind of revisit something that happened a long time ago in the movie. But anytime you're, you know, you're doing a book or a movie after a book and you switch things up and don't keep things as consistent... I think people are always going to be a little unhappy, and it just, I don't know, it just didn't live up to the hype, and it was a lot, a little bit longer, too. I felt like this was the year for, like, really long movies, mm-hmm. and I think it, Chapter 2 didn't have to be as long as some of the other movies were, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, that's one of my uh, disappointing movies, for sure, too, <laughs> just because, like, the first one was so good to me. Uh, I know it wasn't as scary, like, as people wanted it to be, but... I enjoyed the route that they took in the first one. It was like it was kind of funny. It was like had its moments where you're like, "Oh, that's hilarious!" Like, mm-hmm. so I was expecting kind of the same vibe on the second one. Um, I just didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cast was great. I know the cast for a lot of these movies that we mentioned were really great and phenomenal too. Mm-hmm. I think it was just the stories for all the movies that we talked about, and it chapter two is like one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because it kind of just seemed like they had. Their own little side quest that they're all doing that didn't make a difference. Right. You know, I, I just felt like they didn't have a good payoff. I mm-hmm. uh, just felt like they were leading you through th- two and a half to three hours without having a mm-hmm. solid idea of what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I would say another disappointing movie, well, borderline disappointing movie, I know it did great in like, the box office and stuff. To me personally, Captain Marvel. Oh, um, yes. Um, I think it could have been a little bit better. Uh, I know it's like, I'm very freaking labeled as like an anti-feminist or something, but just like Captain Marvel to me seems like that character that you're trying to hype up a lot mm-hmm. and just isn't working out for me. Yeah, because like Brie Larson, I know she's an Oscar winner and all that stuff too, but she doesn't sell me as Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. It's like I I feel like you should embody the character a little bit more, and like a lot of it in the movie, she just kind of plays it plain and very really boring to mm-hmm. me. So I just wasn't sold with that idea of the character and actress. So that to me was a little bit disappointing. But I do like the story of that movie just because uh, they did something refreshing with like the uh, villain aspect where it was like the scrolls and all that. Yeah. Um, although like Brie Larson, I did enjoy Samuel Jackson, of course. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> he's always going to be Like when he had two eyes, right? Exactly. He's going to be hilarious to me. Um Mother Flurkin. <laughs> but uh, other than that, uh, I would say those would probably be my top one. Disappointing movies. Did it feel rushed to you, Captain Marvel? I would say maybe not rushed, but I felt like it was forced into the MCU just so she could make an appearance in this Infinity right. Saga. Yeah. Because, uh, like, even in Endgame, she has, like, probably two major scenes, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the, obviously, the major scene is, like, when she destroys Thanos' the ship. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it was just like. She's just there. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, like, they're, in that aspect, they tried, like, utilizing the original Avengers, right? But even then, it was just, like, Captain Marvel was kind of that character. It's just, like, okay, cool. Yeah, and you can go to, like, all the heroes in the smart MCU, like, the universe, and they all have, like, a little bit of personality, right? From yeah. Ant-Man to the cockiness of mm-hmm. Iron Man exactly. and to, like, the... The, the young teenager and Spider-Man mm-hmm. and just everybody from like Black Panther to yeah. Thor they all have like their own character and like you said Brie Larson as Captain Marvel she just she just played like a plain job it didn't yeah. seem even like uh, Hawkeye and Black Widow are very exactly. mysterious exactly. right so you don't have to be 
maybe as funny or goofy or as confident as some of the other ones, but just you could be like very mysterious and it just didn't seem like she had her own little niche. Yeah, not even that. It was just like Scarlet Witch. I, she's one of my favorite characters. Oh, yeah. I was like, she's phenomenal. Yeah. And like she sells it to me. You know? Yeah, like, okay. exactly. She has that pain that you can see. So it's like, okay, cool. Like, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But like Brie Larson is like, has a memory erased and just like, Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly yeah, how I got it. Man. I'm here. <laughs> they made it hard for her because they didn't give her much to work with. Right? Yeah. Probably it was, like, rushed. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that was the biggest thing because if she had a bit more time to, like, grow with, like, the fan base and the characters, mm-hmm. then it may have been different. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we'll, we might like her more later on once she is given the opportunity to, like, develop a history yeah, mm-hmm. or a personality, but yeah, it Would- was rushed. Would you guys have liked to see kind of like, you know, how there's multiple Captain America movies, multiple yeah. Iron Man movies, would you have liked to see that? Um, I would have liked to see more interaction with other Avengers or other like characters mm-hmm. more. Um, I know they put Nick Fury in it and stuff. You kind of see like the founding members of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, but I just didn't like how it was right before Endgame. Mm-hmm. And I agree with Alex to a point where it was like, if it wasn't right before Endgame, it'd probably like be a little bit better with the fan base. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, Black Panther came out right before Infinity War. That's true. And everyone yeah. just ate it up. It was like, this is phenomenal, you know? But we saw a little bit of Black Panther in Civil War, correct? That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. So I we mean, got like a little teaser, even mm-hmm. with Spider-Man. Yeah, exactly. And they tied it in, like, big time. It's the whole country. So yeah, it's like, yeah, exactly. exactly. Whereas Captain Marvel's super powerful. She's like overpowered to a point. So if you put her in too early, it's like, why didn't she just come in too? Like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, where was she all this time? Yeah. <laughs> it's she like, prevented all of this. <laughs> exactly. Loki came with a freaking army. <laughs> so that's why it's kind of tough to insert. It's also kind of why it's difficult to have a Superman like interacting with like low-level heroes. That's what the Avengers are compared to Captain mm-hmm. Marvel. That's, that's true. That's true. So it's like, where, where's that balance? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but, like, Kevin Feige has said, like, she's the most powerful Avenger, mm-hmm. to a point where, like, I don't like that, <laughs> just because, yeah. like, you see all these other characters, for example, like, Thor and uh, Scarlet Witch, Doctor Strange, like, you see their pain, you see their build-up, and all that stuff. If you were to say that she's the most powerful, like, after, like, three, four movies, then, like, I can kind of get behind it. Mm-hmm. But just saying that she's the most powerful right from the get-go is kind of like, okay, great. You're yeah. Right. It's like... You don't really like that. Because, mm-hmm. for example, like, Thor, he's lost his entire, like, pretty much everything in his life. Yeah, his mojo, too. He, exactly. <laughs> he even lost, like, his art. It's, it's like, I lose yeah. like, a lot of, like, motivation in life. Uh, Scarlet Witch, lose her brother, lose her, like, her love, all mm-hmm. that stuff. You see those pains, and, like, you kind of want to empathize with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so seeing Captain Marvel just coming from the get-go is like, oh, yeah, I'm the most powerful and like even Rhodey brings that up is like New Girl we're all about the like superhero life you know Yeah. so like that aspect I get but I just <laughs> yeah. don't like how she's proclaimed as the strongest Avenger right away you know? mm-hmm. she is though isn't she like even in the comics she's like one of the most powerful ones like, uh, that she's not the most powerful actually of that group mm-hmm. yeah because mm-hmm. Thor is usually regarded as the strongest one that's why, like, in Ragnarok, that strongest Avenger joke was there, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> Even the Hulk is, like, regarded as, like, one of the strongest, too. Yeah. But, like, he's played really dumbed down in, like... Oh, for sure, yeah. And less... Like, yeah. Well, I guess that's a good transition to Endgame was also mm-hmm. this year, too. I, how'd you guys feel about Endgame? I know we talked about it in the previous podcast, but just as a whole and how it stood against the rest of the movies this year, how'd you guys like it? Yeah. I liked it. It was an honorable mention for me. Uh, there's a lot of really good movies that came out this year. Uh, mm-hmm. It still stands out because it was like a culmination of all of the movies from 
like the previous decade <laughs> and then a few years before that. So it was a nice send off to all of it, a nice transition to a, a new stage in the movie. So I enjoyed it. Uh, I don't keep thinking about it though. Mm-hmm. It's one of the movies that like stayed with me for until now. Mm-hmm. But I enjoyed it. Did you like Infinity more more than more than Endgame or Endgame more than Infinity War? I liked Infinity War because it was building up to like oh everybody's gonna be going away, mm-hmm. and then Endgame was nice because it let you like say goodbye to your characters. Right. Um, but I th- I, for me, uh, Endgame had more impact because it it felt a little more final. Like when you when the snap was coming, you knew that they were gonna come back. Yeah. At least some of them. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, even like Infinity War, it was a lot more heartbreaking too. I mean, just even like the whole scene when like Tom Holland and Spider Man just you know disintegrating, and he could feel it before anyone else can. And it was just it was it seemed like a lot more heartbreaking. Where obviously Endgame was a little bit more uplifting. There's uh, struggles in the beginning as they get like the plan together and and try and solve this this big problem out. But nonetheless, it was just kind of a I don't know. Infinity War still like hit me harder. After like leaving the theater, I was like, "Oh shit!" Like you know, <laughs> it, I had a lot more questions and a lot more. I, granted, because it wasn't the end of the entire yeah, yeah. series, not the entire series, but it wasn't a, a big end like End War was. But nonetheless, Infinity War, I left the movie theater like, "Wow, that was that was you know, it's pretty traumatizing." You know what I mean? I left mm-hmm. kind of like. Phew. I think the reason why it wasn't that much for me is because it was the first of two, so mm-hmm. something was happening. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, yeah. Same here. It's like when Infinity War came out, like. We all went into the theater like, oh, Captain America or Iron Man's going to die. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, they're the ones alive. Everyone else yeah. died. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yo, what the heck? Yeah. Uh, like, Spider-Man, like, more all those different deaths happen. Just mm-hmm. like, dang, it hits you one after the other. And I personally thought that Infinity War story was better. But Endgame, the thing about Endgame was, like, it gave me an experience at a theater movie. The, uh, movie theater that mm-hmm. I probably won't get like another time you know so, oh yeah like, for sure that entire build up with fans everyone just like there's so many scenes in Endgame where yeah. you're just like cheering with the fans right yeah it felt like you were at a sports game it, it especially yeah. was like right when that snap happens you see like everyone coming even, back everyone coming back you see uh, Thanos like destroying the Avengers headquarters mm-hmm. like Cap wielding the sh- uh, hammer I know yes. everyone started yeah, cheering every, oh my god and I was <laughs> like damn this is lit yeah, <laughs> let's that was go. like one of the greatest moments probably like exactly. in my cinematic like in my experience yeah, all the movies yeah. I've ever seen that was really cool exactly everyone was like ah exactly yeah, was and not just that I was like that battle with the main three mm-hmm. going against Thanos mm-hmm. like of course Thanos like freaking kicks their butt somehow yeah. Uh, but afterwards, like, <laughs> you see Captain America standing alone against, like, thousands of, like, uh, soldiers from Thanos, right? Mm-hmm. And as soon as that Avengers Assemble scene goes on, I I still get goosebumps talking about it, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like, Cap, do you hear me? It's Sam. Yeah. Like, as soon on as those left. words, I was like, it's about to go down. Yeah. It's about to go down. So you just throw all so. your toys in the ground. It essentially is. It essentially is. So that moment to me is like one of the greatest moments, not just like of any movie, it's like decades, all those different yeah. things, like everything coming together. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I'll never forget. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, Endgame will always be like one of the top five for me. Mm-hmm. And they did it so well. That's the that's the yeah, hard part, because we've seen other things lately, like mm-hmm. not close everything out, we're all tied up. Yeah, you mentioned Star Wars yeah. earlier. Yeah. Star Wars or... 
uh, arguably Game of Thrones or any third installment or any like final like send off. It's so hard to mm-hmm. finish it off well. And it just ah, shuts, think, think about how many TV shows that people were upset with how things were ended. Mm-hmm. I, I remember. I really liking Breaking Bad, how that one ended, but even like a lot of other ones people talk about. I never saw The Sopranos, but people always talk about how The Sopranos ended. And so just, you know, different TV shows and movies, it's hard to end like a long installation of yeah. a lot of different, especially like the MCU, there were so many different movies. How many was it? 20, 23. 23, yeah, total so movies. So it's just to put all that together and have every single character play a part, but then just like cap it off mm. nicely with Endgame, that was nice. Cap it off. <laughs> <laughs> What were some other movies you guys enjoyed this year for honorable mentions that didn't crack, crack your top five? Uh, Shazam. Mm. I like Shazam. That was a fun twist. Just going like off mm. of the hero thing. It was a fun twist on like a hero, right? Mm-hmm. It was different. I liked it. I, I was looking forward to it as soon as I saw the first trailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really, really exciting. I was like, oh, this looks, this does look different. It doesn't seem like every other movie has been coming out. Uh, the stakes are, well, they're still high, but they're like, a little bit lower. Mm-hmm. Like kids, it's it's a, it mixes two of my like favorite things to watch in movies. Like superheroes are never fun, and like. Again, coming of age stories, they smash them together, yeah, and you have a fun movie. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say Shazam's probably my top five just because, like, I really enjoyed it. I mm-hmm. really liked the story, and Zachary Levi is one of my favorite actors, too. So okay, it was, like, it was one of the like enjoyable movies mm-hmm. for me. Um, I, but an honorable mention for me would probably be like Hustlers that we talked about, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, that was fun. Not just because like I have a crazy crush on crush on Jennifer Lopez, but like, uh, it's okay to admit it here. Exactly, it's like yeah, I do, I do. Um, no, but that movie was pretty great too. Yeah, um, I know a lot of people went into the theaters not expecting much, mm-hmm. um, but came out of it just like oh, that was a great movie. Mm-hmm. Came out of it with fewer ones in their pocket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. It, I think people, especially because like I remember hearing about the movie and it's like, oh, Cardi B's in the cast and she's playing a stripper, and I was like, okay, so it's gonna be a lot of Cardi B. Yeah. It's a documentary. And, yeah, it's a documentary, <laughs> right? And I didn't really know what to expect because I hadn't seen a commercial either for that one. And yeah, just to see Jennifer Lopez at like fifty plus years old. I think she's exactly fifty at that time. Yeah. To, to just look that good still, like everything, and just like the way she like rocked the whole. Because this was right before. Well, they they showed the scenes right before the recession mm-hmm. and then post recession. But just like how, you know, that it affected her and the yeah. people in the movie as well. And it's based on a true story, which is kind of crazy as well. And it's also from like they have the journalist's point of view as well, like her trying to report the story and everything that happened. It was a lot of fun though. I th- I didn't think a lot of people expected Jennifer Lopez to come out on top, but now she's like getting nominated for yeah. awards. So just for the fact that Jennifer Lopez like came out that strong out of that movie, mm-hmm. and a movie that had like Cardi B, as I said, Kiki Palmer, another actor that we kind of exactly. grew up with, like from the the kids channels and everything. Mm-hmm. Just to see them, all them, and, and Jennifer Lopez still at fifty years old, mm-hmm. even acting since the '90s, still come out on top. That's pretty impressive, you know. Yeah, the performances are really solid too. Yeah, yeah, because you can get there. You're conflicted because like what they're doing isn't. Yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> and you think about the people that are doing it too, mm-hmm. and like kind of blame yeah. put on them, and yeah, good performances. Yeah, a lot of butts. It was good. Yeah, a lot of butts. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a weird like industry to be, or like mm-hmm. you said, it, it puts you in a weird spot as a, yeah. a viewer because you know the things that go down and just like you know all the stuff that happens and those kind of things that are behind closed doors so the fact that they're just kind of like using that almost to their advantage and flipping the script on Mm -hmm. on the people who are usually the abusers it's kind of it's like 
like you said, you feel like good, but at the same time, you feel like, ah, oh, should I like this? Like, yeah, I don't know exactly. if I should be liking this, but yeah, power to you guys, <laughs> yeah. you know? It's like a movie that questions your morals. Right? Yeah, literally. Like, Goddamn, what, what am I, like, <laughs> rooting for? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> not everything is like, oh, this is good, this is bad. Exactly. It's like, it's like a grader. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. Another uh, honorable mention for me, Ready or Not. Mm. That one was like a, a quirky, fun, like, horror thriller kind of movie mm-hmm. and it's also one that I liked a lot because it was different I'm not usually a fan of like scary movies because uh, I'm not I'm going to, to view them but this one was fun had a lot of like, humor a lot of the actors were really really good mm-hmm. I thought it was Margot Robbie the entire time it wasn't mm-hmm. until like, halfway through <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but it is an interesting take on the horror genre mm-hmm. it has a fun little twist so I, I would recommend watching that one mm-hmm. Speaking of Robbie, did you guys see, or did you guys, how did you guys feel about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Because I enjoyed it myself, but it was a lot longer than I thought it should have been. Yeah. Uh, but I did like the twist and the ending and how it played on with, you know, something that did happen in real life events. And that's something similar that, like, Quentin Tarantino has done in the past. Glorious Bastards. Yeah. Some movies, yeah. movies like Jingle and all those things. It was a Tarantino movie, so I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. It was great. Um, I expected it would be a little long as well, so I was like, okay, it's going to be another like one of those movies. Uh, but I liked it. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was great. Leo obviously does a phenomenal yeah. job. But I thought Brad Pitt stole the show in it. Oh, yeah, for sure. He did He did a phenomenal job, you know, because like, mm-hmm. acting, you know, you see like a different side of Brad Pitt. Not Because I feel like Brad Pitt's one of those actors that like does good in a particular role mm-hmm. and this was kind of like him stepping out a little bit more mm-hmm. so I enjoyed that a lot um, yeah because technically he was a stunt double right in the exactly, movie so he's, exactly. he's essentially like the understudy you know mm-hmm. and I think it's nice that he's like the one that isn't the lead role but he's there mm-hmm. so it was fun seeing his side of things on that other than that Mario Robbie of course like, <laughs> <laughs> she's always good in every movie huh <laughs> yeah it's hot <laughs> oh, yeah, it's hot <laughs> I had a good time watching it. I watched it in a drive-in movie theater. Oh, so that was really fun. Yeah. So I almost started cheering when it came to like the drive-in part in mm-hmm. there. But it was a, it was another cool movie. He loved um, Tarantino loves like cinema movies, and you can mm-hmm. see that mm-hmm. in everything that he makes. But it's him like really like expressing his like cinematic voice. Yeah. He's not really so much like drawing off of, like a bunch of other things that he's done before. It's kind of like him. Like really being comfortable with his movie making mm-hmm. and his voice and so I liked it it was, it was a good watch mm-hmm. uh, my favorite scene from that movie is when Brad Pitt's character he's uh, he meets the I don't know if it's uh, supposed to be like Bruce Lee or just like a Bruce Lee lookalike and they're just again that kung fu battle <laughs> yeah. he's like I, he's like I accidentally kill you you know it's like if you go to, if you accidentally kill me you're going to jail it's called murder and I just thought that movie, <laughs> yeah. the, the whole scene was funny too because he throws him in the car and then they're all upset that the car is dented. it was a prop car and so now it's dented for the scene that they wanted to put it in but yeah that was a lot of fun just like a lot of fun parts in it and like you said it was a little long I think but like you said it's expected with a Tarantino movie because he goes so in detail it's about like every little thing every everything in his movie has like a purpose yeah. so it's kind of cool to see uh, another honorable mention for me uh, I'm gonna go ha- have to go with Secret Life of Pets too okay. I know it's like yeah. a I know it's like a kind of a kiddie movie to make that transition but Man, I saw the Secret Life of Pets one, and I thought that was a good one. It was solid, and it's always hard to top the first one. But I thought the Secret Life of Pets did so in the second one. I thought the second installation was much better than the first, and I just left thinking like really. I left thinking like, man, I looking like looking at my pets or like my dog, and I was just like, oh man, like is this what you're thinking like all the time? You know, I had to like you know 
I was deep in thought about it. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that because Toy Story 4 to me is like that mm-hmm. honorable mention, right? And it's mm-hmm. like, like I have a niece and nephew and all that stuff. So like whenever I see toys, I'm like, don't be moving. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't freak them out. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny because like I'll see that. I was like, oh yeah, it's mm-hmm. crazy, you know? Um, but Toy Story 4 is one of those movies that I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just because it was like a fun like action movie or fun uh movie from like my childhood but also just because like it i think it gave a good little send-off too mm-hmm. uh it gave me a lot of tony stark and captain america vibes with yeah yeah it did <laughs> so it was it? like it was cool seeing that you know um plus like uh tim allen and uh, tom hanks like one of my favorite like voice actors mm-hmm. for those characters so i thought it was great um I, I enjoyed it for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the movies like I watch on Disney Plus too. Oh yeah, so it's cool to like show my niece and nephews seeing those movies now. Uh-huh. So I, I I liked how they tied that in too. Mm-hmm. And I like the just like the different characters that they brought into mm-hmm. the movie too. I, I think we mentioned it like with Alex and I in another podcast. Mm-hmm. But just I think they're going to continue to do more Toy Story movies, yeah. whether that's a good or bad thing, whether you disagree or agree with it. Mm-hmm. Um, just the introduction of the different characters, you can do a lot more spinoffs no, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. and just kind of see the extension of a franchise, which is you know good for certain fans of Toy Story, and it's good for Disney, obviously, too, money-wise. <laughs> I mean, like almost all their movies, I, I think all their movies this year cracked a billion mm-hmm. at the box yep. episodes. Dang. Insane. Mm-hmm. And I really like the development too, just like touching on Toy Story one last time. Just the development of Bo Peep, how mm-hmm. she turned into this like exactly. nature woman <laughs> badass, like you know, just her and like her her land her three lands yeah. and, uh, just or sheep. Or you know what I mean. But, <laughs> exactly. It's but like just that. her and like in the wilderness, mm-hmm. kinda like, you know, the toys that are always on the run instead of being with someone because you know, you see Woody kinda like conflicted, like he wants to be with someone, mm-hmm. he wants to be attached with someone, but like Bo Peep is very independent yeah. and just kinda like goes with the wind, you know? And I like the introduction of like uh, can't think of their names, but Key and Peel. Oh, are, Ducky uh, and yeah, uh, Ducky and Bunny. Bunny yeah, Ducky yeah, and Bunny. Channels were they? No, I was like, I know it's a simple name. I think of it. Uh, no, they were great too. Yeah, was, like the infinite, uh, to infinity and your mom is like one of the funniest jokes. <laughs> it's like such a random but hilarious joke. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think it'd be a cool spinoff series on that too. Right. Know? So those characters were pretty enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nice that they were able to kind of like tie up the again, all of this with the tying up, but tying up the original <laughs> stories because that that is where they could have faltered. Where they, I thought they had a good ending with the third one, mm-hmm. and I was kind of skeptical. Like, how they, do they have anything to talk about with this fourth one? And they did, and it was good. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, the, I, I can I'd be okay with them making more if they didn't necessarily keep bringing back the old characters because mm-hmm. they have a. Imaginative team, right? They have like a, a solid cast of characters for the new ones. Mm-hmm. Another movie that I want to throw in for honorable mention was Good Boys. I thought I had a lot of fun with that one too. And hardly ever do you see a movie that's you know with like stars as twelve mm-hmm. year olds rated <laughs> R. And so it was just it was it was a lot of fun, just like the the stuff and the adventure that they were going through because. I think we can all relate to where we're at. We were at a time where we're that kind of innocent still, but we wanted to be grown. And then yeah. we were kind of like thrown into these situations where like we didn't really understand anything and they're completely oblivious to certain things. Yeah. Like when the whole scene with like Molly, like who's Molly? You know, like why is she in my backpack? And, and so like that, I think we can all relate to a certain time like that when we didn't know these mm-hmm. adult lingos and you know these adult code, code, code words for certain things. And so I thought that was a lot of fun to watch. 
Yeah, it was funny just because, like, that Molly scene reminded me of, like, the time when, like, I know Mary Jane as, like, Mary Watson. Oh, Mary yeah. Water, right? But, like, growing up, Mary Jane to me was, like, Mary Jane Watson from yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah. So I was like, okay, that's cool. You guys like Spider-Man, too. <laughs> <laughs> that's tough. <laughs> it's like, that's my type of people. <laughs> but later I, like, learned, I'm like, that's not my type of people. <laughs> they don't like comics at all. <laughs> they like just a lot <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was fun. I enjoyed. I really enjoyed watching that movie. Mm-hmm. It had a uh, good times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was a good comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot about it for a bit, but that's honorable mention for me. Uh, Jojo Rabbit. Mm. I'm still trying to decide between putting them in my top five or honorable mention, but Jojo Rabbit for uh, honorable mention. Uh, good performances. Had really good interactions, like family interactions between um, Scarlett Johansson mm-hmm. and younger boy, uh, and then. His friend, he's gonna be like starring in a Home Alone movie sometime. Oh, really? But he was funny. He had a lot of like good comedic moments, but they still had a a tough backdrop of like World War Two, Nazis, and they have thoughts. Yeah. (laughs) No. Yeah. 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 So it was an interesting take on it. So it it added some levity, but you started to think about like tough topics. It was it was a fun watch. Mm Mm-hmm. Another movie that I like the war, like biopic movies and stuff like that. And 1917, I didn't get a chance to see it before we did this podcast. And it, it was, you know, really selective of where they released the movie at. Yeah. But I definitely want to see that. I'm looking forward to seeing those movies because mm-hmm. those are a lot of fun because it's like a piece of history. And then, you know, how they put a modern twist on it is always a lot of fun. Yeah. So make it. It's only 40 miles away. <laughs> you could. Yeah, we could. 40 miles. I don't know. Or we could just wait two weeks. Nah. <laughs> I want to watch before this, uh, <laughs> this podcast we're going to get to. Yeah, but drive 40 on. miles? I don't know. <laughs> train. train. Yeah, train it. Save out. <laughs> Any other honorable mentions? Um, I got to throw it out there, but Aladdin for me. Mm, um, that's right. It wasn't like necessarily something amazing to me, but I enjoyed it. Like, of course, being a fan of Aladdin and all that stuff, um, I really loved Will Smith as Genie. It was really fun. Um, he made the movie more enjoyable to me just because he put a twist on Genie and, like, it was kind of seeing Fresh Prince in a Genie <laughs> uniform. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> it was, was great. But it was a lot of fun. Exactly. It was, a good it was twist. great. I loved it. Yeah. Um, like, even when he's, like, rapping for, like, you ain't never had a friend like me or. Uh, mm-hmm. Prince Ali is just like it was great you know like seeing all those different songs that you like cherished as a child and now seeing it in like Will Smith's like just voice yeah. it's even better <laughs> it's like mixing in your childhood so it's great yeah uh, another honorable mention for me is the Serenity movie mm-hmm. that one was a lot of fun too because the entire movie is built around you don't understand completely what happened um, but there's a, the wife Matt, and then Matthew McConaughey he's a, a sailor or not a sailor he's a fisherman and that's his job but he's in real life you find out later in the movie that he's passed away and that his wife and his kid that are still alive they need him to or they're asking for him to save and it's kind of this weird thing to be honest because it's 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 really trippy because like the whole movie is like you think one thing you think Matthew McConaughey's character is still alive but he's you know trapped in this like uh, I think it's in Rhode Island right and his family still lives in the city but his wife's new husband now is abusive and the the kid can't take it anymore and so the kid kind of like creates this fantasy where he contacts his dad via this game that he programmed because he's super smart and it it just it was really trippy because in the end he's able to win the game and 
and like you see Matthew McConaughey take his son onto the boat trip, but that like boat trip was basically the courage that the kid needed to kill the father or the abusive husband that was his stepfather. So it was like a really trippy, like, I don't know, like if people who haven't seen the movie haven't seen the movie or people who are listening to the podcast haven't seen the movie, go check it out because it's just like a super weird ending because like the whole, for the entire hour and 30 minutes, you're thinking one thing and then you're like, oh, wait, that wasn't even real. Oh, wow, that just happened. And it's a pretty, I like plot twists. And so it was a really good movie with the plot twist, but it had a good meaning behind it too. Yeah. How to cope, <coughs> how to cope with struggle, how to cope with like mm-hmm. abuse. Yeah, that seems mm-hmm. really good to watch. Did you just spoil it for me though? I, yeah, I think so. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. like, it, it was a lot like, of fun though. It was a lot of fun. It's hard to explain too. I couldn't if I just said a minimal thing here and there, you wouldn't. It wouldn't have made sense. You know. Just be like, I recommend it. All right. I recommend. All right. <laughs> I recommend Serenity. Well, you want guys want to go ahead and get in your top five? Yeah, yeah. So for me, number five, Parasite. I like that one. I, there was a lot of hype going into the movie, and I just didn't want to know anything about it before I watched it. Mm-hmm. I heard like, okay, if you if you hear anything about it, it'll probably ruin the movie for you. Mm-hmm. So going into it, it went clean, and it was a journey. Mm-hmm. That movie, like it starts off. I can't, I can't even talk about it. I want people to watch it. I recommend it. Uh, it's a foreign movie. The subtitles, um, but it's worth the read. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a really, really good uh, commentary on like class dynamics and um, what it means to be like it's a a person in a, in a different different socioeconomic uh, level. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good and bad people. It, it's it's a it's funny. It's like freaky at times. Mm-hmm. It has a twist. No, I'm looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's my top five. Okay, it's number five. That's my entire top five. <laughs> <laughs> that's your entire top five. You <laughs> said that's a foreign movie. Oh yeah, foreign movie. Okay. Uh, South Korean. Oh, okay, nice. Okay, that's cool. So let's go ahead and all share our top fives, uh, or not top fives, but our fifth yeah, in our top fifth. five. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, I didn't know we were doing four movies like that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, to me, my ooh, this one's tough because like I have it a tie. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed Detective Pikachu, okay, mm. and I really enjoyed Jumanji too. Oh, okay. So those two are up there for me on like number five. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say like one of those are an honorable mention just because like that. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it just like made me feel like a kid again, you know? Yeah. Oh. And Ryan Reynolds, like, it's so funny. <laughs> right? Like, Deadpool. It's seeing Deadpool in Pikachu. Yeah. <laughs> but it's clean. Like, he exactly. doesn't cuss in that at exactly. all. So exactly. it's super funny. And, and that's what I enjoyed about it. You know, it was like, he had some really funny jokes, like, throughout the entire time. Yeah. You know, it was just like, and, like, the whole Pika Pika scene. Yeah. Like, something to me that is just, like, hilarious. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like one of those things you never imagined Ryan Reynolds saying, but, like, yeah. like Pika Pika. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> Yeah, uh, of course Jumanji too. Um, that Kevin Hart and Rock Bond is like so funny to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like they both like are very chaotic. Yeah, but like they have like a foot difference. Yeah, <laughs> so it's really funny to see that. Well, they're both like alphas, right? And, exactly. And, and the exactly. Rock's like like he looks like the alpha. Exactly. Like Kevin Hart's and doesn't like, look yeah. like one at all. <laughs> so it's funny. It's like you see that balance, and I, I thought that was great too. And hold Jack Black's obviously iconic. Mm, yeah. That's funny. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I enjoyed those movies for sure. My number five, I'm gonna go with the Joker, uh, played by Joaquin Phoenix. I just really liked 
the development of a character. I mean, a lot of people talk about Heath Ledger's Joker as one of the best acting performances in, in you know, cinematic history yeah. as far as, like, the heroes go and, and villains. But um, you, the, you never see the development of uh, Heath Ledger's character. He's just kind of thrown into the mess, and he's yeah. already wreaking havoc on Dark Knight. In this movie of the Joker, it's purely on him and how he starts and how it's it's another, not recession, but it's another hard time as far as economically. You see the things that he has to do for money, but then you see the things that other people are doing for money and how he gets mugged on the street that one yeah. time. And, and you just see him kind of like not even have, the government doesn't have enough money to kind of like keep funding him for his therapist. And mm -hmm. so he just starts losing it because he has mental illness. Yeah. And then you just, you see the overall buildup until the very last scene where he's on the talk show and mm -hmm. not the very last scene, but you just, yeah. it's one of the, the, one of the later scenes in the movie where he's on the talk show and just, you know, does that on national television, yeah. live television. So it's just kind of cool to see the overall development. And I, I thought Joaquin Phoenix did a really nice job with it. Great performance. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. It's it was also like one that was like kind of you felt weird watching as it's happening. Cause yeah. Happened, but it it's always tough when a movie like kind of makes you empathize with mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. the antihero. Mm -hmm. um, but you can kind of see where a person could go. Right. And what leads up because it's not just like. Well, yeah, it's more relatable. It. Like if you know, so many people can relate to having a lot of. Just a lot of downfalls mm -hmm. in life, or just a lot of uh, obstacles that you can't overcome in life, and so you go down this like down path, and it's very relatable in the Joker movie, and that's how no one's just bad for no reason. He he was bad because a lot of bad things happened to him that led up to his character, you know. Yeah, yeah shining a light on mental illness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's a good movie. Mm -hmm. I'll talk more about it because it's yeah, it's higher, entire, okay, it's higher for me. There you go. <laughs> you number four. Number four for me is ready or not mm. that one no I was going to say you did honorable mention yeah Knives Out <laughs> Knives Out was really good for me that was uh, Ryan Johnson director of the second of uh, Last Jedi mm. so this one had a, a twist as well um but it was a really good, great cast. So seeing them play off of each other, Chris Evans just having yeah. fun. Yeah, uh, it was uh, nice to see after him doing like a, a Captain America for so long. Mm. But it was really funny in that uh, everything about it. So they, it's like a, a who done it, but they tell you, like they give it away like kind of early on, mm -hmm. and you're kind of like figuring it out with the detective and mm -hmm. it, it's a fun movie a lot uh, of plot twists yeah a lot of the plot twists and just like the the color schemes everything about it it's a visually visually a very very nice movie yeah uh, the, the performances the comedy everything just works very well together like they're all on the same page they know exactly the kind of movie that they're in mm -hmm. uh, yeah yeah and I just even speaking of the comedy I, th I thought it was funny how like everyone in the family despite this woman being the uh, the main character her being like this uh what do you call those? The caretaker for their dad for so long. They they don't remember where she's from. Like, oh, one one time they say she's Bolivian. Another time they say she's, like, Chilean. Yeah. Another time they say she's Ecuadorian. Oh, she's from Guatemala. It's like, they can't even get her, like, story straight. And that's yeah, how... She's they born. say They say they kind of, like, care about her. But in reality, they can't even remember. Or just... They don't know enough about her to know where she's actually from. They just continue to list South American countries. Yes, which is one funny. of my best friends is not from here. <laughs> basically yeah it's like okay well that's it that's all you know you know but I'll, it's in my top five too so I'll, I'll be talking about it a little bit more later on too okay. that was a fun movie okay. uh, for me it's number four is going to be Shazam mm. I really enjoyed Shazam it was great uh, I know we talked about it already but like 
Zachary Levi to me was so perfect for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, initially, I didn't I didn't think it was going to be great for it, and like seeing like some of the behind the scenes pictures, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. another DC movie, great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I actually really liked it. It was great. Mm-hmm. It was fun. Um, of course, we talked about we we already covered it. It was it was a fun movie for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, number four for me was Detective Pikachu. That was your number five, and I was just. It took me back because I was I remember having my Game Boy Color and having Pokemon yeah. Yellow, Pokemon uh, Silver, and I remember playing Pokemon Fire Red. And so just for them to put like in a in a live action kind of setting, but where like there's people and there's Pokemon walking together in yeah. the city, I thought that was super cool because like I said, it just took me back. I had this really big feeling of nostalgia, and like you said earlier too, Ryan Reynolds as Pikachu, like that was that was a perfect fit, you know, and it just it seemed to work where he. You know, he he he. If you had anyone else playing that character, I don't know how well it would have been executed. Mm-hmm. You like the mystery behind it, um, the whole like meaning behind the message, and him trying to get his dad back when reality was in Pikachu the whole entire time. Yeah. So that was just, it was just a lot of fun, and uh, it was a good movie for me because, like I said, it just brought me back to the playing the games as a kid and like with the times when he had to catch in the opening scene, he has to catch the cue bone, and you know, just to see that in like live action on a theater screen, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, for me, number three, Us. Hey, yeah. me too. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I like Us. Uh, the first time I saw it, I was like, I wasn't gonna say, I'm not going to say conflicted, but I usually am about movies that make me think a lot, and it just made me feel dumb. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> there was so much to, like, to, to bring in and digest in that movie. So I had to watch it a couple times. I think I watched it three times dang okay um, but committed I still think about <laughs> no. it yeah and then I, I still have on Spotify the uh, their version of what is it Five on it mm. oh yeah yeah, yeah. that's yeah. Who, who would have thought Five on it could have been made like a, a horror movie song yeah no, it, it was freaky I made my sister cry one time playing that song uh, it's freaky, it's freaky. Yeah. we were just driving through it just came on and she's like ah. but it's, it's a creepy song the movie, yeah. the, creepy movie. Uh, the more you think about it the more like little pieces you get like, with the whole um, uh, the problems that are in society with like homelessness mm-hmm. with like uh, mental illness it, it just has a lot to say and you just have to unpack it but the performances were amazing Lupita Nyong'o was tremendous in that she should get a nomination for an Oscar, I'd say. Uh, it was like it was a scary movie, mm-hmm. and again, usually I don't like scary movies, but they're usually the ones that like land in my top five because mm-hmm. they, they do it so well. Um, but I had a lot to say and like that movie a lot. Yeah, I mean it's my number three too, so I'll just go ahead and follow him. But just to kind of like tag along what you said, I remember leaving it the first time, and I was like, ah, oh, like I, I have to think really hard about this one, and I still don't understand. I saw it a second time, and after seeing the second time, but in between the first and second viewing. I read a few articles and reviews about it and just kind of saying like how Jordan Peele's message was like sometimes the scariest thing in the world is ourselves and so it's mm-hmm. us that's like that's why it's titled just us and so seeing it the second time after reading some of like the reviews and kind of like what he had envisioned um, for that movie and just like hearing the director's standpoint from it it was really cool I, I, I liked it a lot more the second time and it made a lot more sense and like you said it was really wonderful cast like I like the overall like the play on with the uh, hands around the world that was like back in the 80s that you know and then the plot twist at the end again another plot twist I'm a big sucker for those (laughs) (laughs) and I think for me at least I don't ever want to go to the Santa Cruz Pier ever again (laughs) on the boardwalk and stay the hell away from there I'm good (laughs) yeah it's like I'm good I 
I don't need to see it. That's how I feel after the movie. But yeah, it was it was a lot of fun for yeah. sure. Did you think a lot? Like, uh, where would you be in like a different situation? And yeah, if things happened. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a really good movie for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel bad because like I want to watch a movie, I just haven't seen it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. sorry. <laughs> no, it's like the more I realize, I'm like being single. Like I haven't seen too many movies this year. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, damn. Okay, cool. And. Uh, no, but, like, that's what happens to Nokia and Mbaku when they leave Wakanda, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't leave Wakanda. <laughs> exactly, don't leave Wakanda. See, like, even, uh, I forgot the other guy's name, but uh, he was in Get Out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, don't leave Wakanda. It's a valuable lesson. Uh, number three for me is going to be Spider-Man. Far from mm, home. Um, I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Um, one of my favorite Spider-Man movies, for sure, too. Tom Holland, of course, did a really good job as Spider-Man. Um, and in this movie, we, we covered it in another podcast, but um, I liked how he steps out of Iron Man's shadow this mm-hmm. time. So he's kind of his own hero. Mm-hmm. Even though he has like a lot of this dark tech, but he's kind of becoming his own self. And I thought that was pretty cool. You know, it was like he's becoming a little bit more grown. Like a guy in high school, of course, like that's... Yeah. You're, of course, going to be in the shadows. So it's like yeah. you kind of understand where Marvel's taking that journey with. <laughs> So, like, you see him growing into a different person. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal played Mysterio so perfectly yes. to me. It was, like, exactly like you mm-hmm. see it in the cartoon. So, I was like, this guy was perfect. Yeah. Um, Another plot twist. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought that movie was enjoyable for me. Because uh, uh, everything in a Spider-Man cartoon was, like, in live action for me. So. Mm-hmm. That's fun. Yeah. I remember watching the movie and you get to that point where he gives Jake Gyllenhaal's mm-hmm. character Mysterio the uh, the lenses and you think the movie's yeah, over. Like, it could have ended there and it was like an hour into the movie and it's like, oh, it's relatively, like, short. Mm-hmm. I guess it's a short movie. I thought it was going to be longer. And then, boom, like, like I said, the plot twist kicks yeah. in and you see all, like, what his true plans and everyone that was behind the whole, you know, the ordeal and <laughs> it was just a show. So that was a lot of fun seeing that, too. And just the whole back and forth between Spider-Man and Zendaya's character yeah. just... That's always fun, too, because I, I'm sure we all can relate to the times where we were still awkward with girls and we had crushes, but we yeah. didn't know how to, like, you know. And you see that yeah. rivalry with uh, Chad. And yeah, that yeah, like, that's funny. It's yeah. funny because, like, relatable. It's like, goddamn. Yeah, exactly. It takes you back to, like, middle school, high school age and that kind of stuff oh, yeah, and your definitely. first crush or two, you know? Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. I hate it when I just have to, like, fight bad guys. It's <laughs> 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 the worst. Yeah. 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 I've retired since then. Uh, <laughs> That was a really good one. Yeah, because that's that also like a little different type of like a superhero movie. Mm-hmm. Grounds it a bit. It was, yeah, just like you said, it was just like, a, it reminded me a lot of like the, the TV show. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But it was uh, <laughs> perfect. Everything's perfectly cast. Jake Joe Hall was amazing as always. Uh, for me, number two, Little Women. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I just watched it. And I really like this movie. Uh, haven't read the book. I should mm-hmm. read the book. Um, but this one is about four... Um, women to four daughters sisters uh and their mom that live in near new york it's like east east u.s okay and their dad's away uh fighting the war uh, but it's just like their uh bond of sisters and it takes you to, it, it's kind of going at the same time as like a, a present and past mm-hmm. and kind of like tying it back in uh it's like a connection that family members have uh, uh their first love, I guess, and then uh, going away from family, coming to each, each other, like getting to know who they really are as people. 
it just it was a really good watch for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to give too much away, but it's been around for like years and years and years. So. <laughs> but, yeah, the book. Yeah. yeah, I'm a sucker for like family, uh, a movie that deals with like, the family dynamics. Oh yeah, the, the loss of family, mm-hmm. or, um, how you come together through hardship. So uh, I like that. Mm-hmm. Greta Gerwig, Greta Gerwig. Yeah, good movie. And number two. Number two is going Joker. Okay, um, there you go. I love Joker, man. It was great. Yeah. Um, not only because like Batman's like one of my favorite heroes, but Joker, uh, like Alex had mentioned, is like it makes you empathize with him. Yeah. Know? It's like you start to see where he's coming from. You start to see like all the challenges, downfalls. Um, it's just like life keeps knocking him down, yeah. and it's like it's it's tough because like one of my favorite things about this movie is you see mental illness so prevalent in today's world. Mm-hmm. That when you watch the Joker is like this could happen to almost anyone. You know? Yeah, and it's kind of scary at that same time. Mm-hmm. Um, like these people that are already getting knocked down so much, like losing jobs, mm-hmm. losing family members, just like. And this takes place in uh, what was it the thirties or the four? Uh, an older time, like seventies and eighties. Okay, that was way out. Yeah, part of it. It's about World War Two. So. <laughs> Uh, no, uh, but like I, I love how they mentioned all those like homelessness themes, uh, all those different little themes that you see, mm-hmm. and I liked a couple of the Easter eggs that they put in there too. Mm-hmm. Like as a big uh, Batman fan, mm-hmm. and the opening scene, like when he gets knocked out with the knocked out with that sign, uh, he's lying on the floor and his like flower uh, mm-hmm. flower thing on his chest starts like leaking. Yeah, and and. The cartoons, comics, like all those different things, is that's one of his like weapons that he uses. Yeah. So I, I like those little nods that they had for uh, him. Mm-hmm. Um, Even at the ending scene, remember when he stands on top of the exactly. car and he, he realizes he's bleeding, but he yeah. just extends the he just, smile. He just like, oh. it. Uh, exactly. Like, hey, I was yeah. like, dang. Uh-huh. I was like, it's real now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I really, I really did like it. Yeah. It was slow at times, but like, that's kind of like the whole theme that you got right mm-hmm. and we talked about Joaquin Phoenix just being so phenomenal at it mm-hmm. um, I thought he was doing such a great job mm-hmm. like portraying Joker uh, there were some funny parts too yeah like even though it was like kind of gruesome when he kills the guy with the hammer yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the short midget dude's like I just want to get out of here <laughs> he's like oh my bad just like unlocks the, the door that to me was hilarious yeah but uh, at the same time, it's like it's one of those movies that makes you think a lot and mm-hmm. um, kind of makes you more grateful too. You know, it's mm-hmm. like that you're not in that type of situation. Mm-hmm. So I really did like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, there's like the most infamous. I think everyone talked about as soon as the movie came out was the the stair scene where he's oh yeah he looks like he's dancing and skipping down the stairs. That was just it was everywhere on social media. It went from, like, the favorite villain going from Thanos to Joker, right? Yeah, essentially, huh? And it was cool, because, like, you don't really see, like, a Joker backstory, so Mm -hmm. that's what you got. Mm -hmm. Number two for me was Knives Out, and we've already talked about it a few times. That was just such a... I'm a sucker for plot twists. Like you said, the acting was really incredible. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis was in there as well, and and I think at every point of the movie, the detective made it seem that anybody could have killed them, right? Like, they had... He found the motive for everybody, and they retake you through the night, and you're thinking, oh, man, like, you really don't know who it is. But then as you get closer and closer towards the end, then you realize, oh, snap, like, it was a mistake by the caretaker. And then, you know, but then you realize the mistake wasn't even a mistake, and it wasn't a planned mistake. Uh, Chris Evans had a lot to do with it, his character in the movie. And so it was just, it was super cool to see 
you see so many different people's perspectives on it, and there's a good point where, you know, the first 40 minutes you don't know who did it, then, you know, the next 20 minutes you have a good idea who did it, then you know who did it, and then you didn't realize the person who did it didn't mean to do it, because, you know, it's just like a, it's like a plot twist after another plot twist, and that Chris Evans' character had a whole lot to deal with the whole movie plot, and, you know, it was just, it was really phenomenal, and I liked how the, the, the detective at the end put it all together for you, and I was like, wow, like, I did, it, it was super suspenseful, and then at the, yeah, yeah. the ending scene where he thinks he's gonna stab her with a knife, but it's all prop knife, and it's mm -hmm. the entire wheel, and they talk about it in the beginning, so I like the foreshadowing, there's so much yeah. foreshadowing from even showing the drop of blood on her shoe to everything, you know, there's a lot of foreshadowing in the movie, so it was really well done, and it just kept me on the edge of my seat the entire movie, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> the more I think about it, the more it's like my favorite movie of the year. Yeah, right. It's like I don't want to put him on top one, but I can't, I can't anymore. Yeah, um, but, I don't buy a DVD. Like we don't buy DVDs a lot, but that's a movie I'd buy a DVD for sure. So I have like the hard copy of. Oh yeah, sneak a lot. Even though I kind of just. Yeah, even though I kind of just. And then, and then, like I recommend that. <laughs> <laughs> No step of approval. <laughs> yeah, it was a good movie. I really liked it. It was yeah. the, probably, the, probably the most fun I had mm -hmm. in the theater this year. Mm -hmm. It was just like, yeah, twist after twist, and you're yeah. going along. And yeah, the, I didn't want to go to the bathroom the entire movie because I didn't want to ruin it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah that's, that's a, I like that one. Uh, number one for me, Booksmart. Mm. Uh, Booksmart okay. was a movie, I don't remember how long I watched it. It was like the middle of the year. But it was uh, Olivia Wilde's directorial debut, possibly. Mm -hmm. I don't know if she was in any smaller films before it, but it was a surprise, surprise, coming of age movie. Mm -hmm. um, this one was really good because it's right when they're graduating from high school. Right. And they're going to be going to college. And that's, people have been through that. And mm -hmm. so what it's like to know that you're going to split off from. Uh, people have been uh, potentially like integral in your life for the last like four years uh, and then finding out who you like, being more comfortable being who you really are and uh, finding yourself uh, are you friends because you're near each other are you right friends because, yeah so something we can all relate to yeah dealing with all of that um, and then it just also deals with like the the difficulties with uh, I guess romance at a, a younger age mm -hmm. So overall, really good performances in the movie. Loved it. The, it was funny. The, the parents. It was funny. Like the, the dynamic they have with the parents and the daughter. It, it was just a really overall good movie. It was heartwarming. And it made you think about where you've been mm -hmm. and how you, how you view your friends. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, nice. Uh, number one for me, I would not be true to myself if I didn't say it was number one. Yes. Endgame, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. is number one. Uh, just the whole hype about it, everything going into that movie theater. Uh, even to a point where I was like, you know what, even if they don't show any trailers, any posters, or anything, it's like, they'll still make their money on it. Oh, yeah. Uh, just because everyone was so invested yeah. with it. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was just like, you know what, this this movie's going to be it. Mm -hmm. And, of course, we talked about like yeah. Infinity War being like, oh, Captain America or Iron Man's going to die. But going into Endgame, you're like, okay, one of them are for sure going to die. And like, sure, this time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this time, for sure. Um, even though I didn't want Iron Man to die, mm -hmm. he ended up being the one who, like, uh, who made the ultimate sacrifice. Mm -hmm. um, it was just such a wonderful like story arc for his character, too. Mm -hmm. uh, you see like him going from like selfish and cocky to like eventually 
being a man who has a family, like, yeah. ready to sacrifice himself for the like universe, you know. Right. So I thought that was great. Um, even like seeing the interaction between Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. and, like, Avengers, like the whole rocket raccoon and yeah. Thor is so great to me, <laughs> right? It was like get out of it, man! Like snap out of it. Uh, I, I love seeing those interactions, and I, mm-hmm. I wish there was a little bit more interaction amongst like different Avengers, right? Mm-hmm. Like, for example, Spider-Man and Thor, like, they've never met. Mm-hmm. Or even something like Spider-Man and Dr. Banner. Mm-hmm. Like, those types of mm-hmm. small interactions would have been cool to see. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's nice that how they played it was, of course, like, it was a three-hour movie. It's like, mm-hmm. it was cool how they made that happen. Mm-hmm. So it was enjoyable for me. It was probably, like, one of my favorite movies of all time. Too. Yeah. I think it's Infinity War, but I like the interaction when... Uh, Spider-Man first meets Doctor Strange, right? Yeah. On the yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, so we're using our yeah, fake yeah, yeah. name. No, my name's Spider-Man. I thought it was funny because Doctor Strange is his real yeah, name. Exactly. And he's like, what the? <laughs> I was like, what the fuck, kid? You know? Yeah. Someone introduced themselves as Doctor. Exactly. You're like superheroes. Right? <laughs> it's like, I'm excited to see Doctor Doom then. It's like, yeah. are you even a doctor? <laughs> it's like, Doctor Strange at least like worked for his PhDs, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, that was a lot of fun too. It's hard not to mention that it's like one of the more mm-hmm. anticipated movies yeah, yeah. Uh, of the decade, you mm-hmm. know, and just like it, it was well executed on it. Just to tie all those movies together it was a lot of fun yeah. to watch. My number one, I'm gonna go with Rocket Man. I don't think anyone's ever mentioned it too in this podcast, oh, so that dude. was cool. But it was really cool to see the you, we see a lot of movies highlighting artists and like that, and just kind of from a third person point of view. I like that this one was, and I don't want to spoil it too much for you guys, but it was... <laughs> you already spoiled all that This is actually history, though. <laughs> but but uh, Rocketman, in the movie, he tells his story, Ellen John tells his story from rehab. So at the end, gotcha. you realize he's in rehab and he's telling all the story. And just super relatable to, you know, all the, basically all the ups in his life and all the downs in his life and all the, the crazy back and forth between his family, trying to impress them still, but trying to still be himself and discovering himself and I think uh, there's a lot of relatable parts for that I have family that go through you know their own parts with uh, uh, a substance abuse and everything too and then just people just trying to discover themselves I think that's really relatable so it's, it's kind of cool I think a lot of times too we think artists they're on this pedestal and everything can be perfect because they have money and they're performing and they have fans all over the world but there's a lot of hardships that go in their lives too and that they can really struggle to deal with and they sometimes turn to really bad substances to deal with those things. So it was really cool to see that movie. Uh, a lot of fun. Probably one of my favorite, you know, out of you know, out of all the movies that they've done artists for, from Straight Outta Compton mm-hmm. to Notorious to Eight Mile to all of them. I'm for sure I'm forgetting a lot of them, but that was that was probably one of my favorites. And the way they blended like reality with like his mm-hmm. the fantastical almost that he had like yeah. in his head. It was. A really, really cool way of bringing it in and like making things better. But yeah, that was uh, one of my favorite movies of the year. Yeah. I, was, I put an honorable mention, but I knew you were going to put it in your I'll, I'll save it for one of my other ones. There you yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot of fun. It was the, a good year for movies. Yeah, and the music in that movie. Remember, oh, yeah. It, it, it made me add it to my playlist again. Oh, yeah. Uh, so It was cool to see him even like early as a kid when they you know talk about getting his first piano and he was, you know, like still going at going ham as a young age you know mm-hmm. playing for bars and that kind of stuff too so it's always cool to see the development of an artist because there's a lot that goes into their mind and just, especially like a lot of musicians whether you're a rapper or you're a pianist or you're a big rock star like you have they have a different mindset than I think like most regular people so it's always kind of cool to dive into like their lives and how they think yeah 100%. yeah 
overall, as a year for movies, how'd you guys feel about this year in 2019? It was a good year for movies. It was a really good year. I, I know it's a, I always uh, know it's a good year when I didn't. I don't feel like I watched enough of them. Yeah, there's so many. Yeah, and this month, just trying to catch up with all of them. There's some movies that came out mm-hmm. that like left a lasting impression. Like big moments, like the number one movie of all time mm-hmm. uh, coming out, Endgame. And it's a little movie, so it's a, it's a good year for different kinds of movies. Mm-hmm. A little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Even like Netflix and those kind of platforms, and you talk about Disney Plus yeah, putting together a lot of old movies. Netflix having their own movies. We didn't even talk about like movies like Irishman, mm-hmm. Marriage Story, uh, Dolomite is my name, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. There was a lot of movies on all kinds of platforms, and you like seeing the different platforms and different streaming services that they're putting out their own movies now, and it's just kind of expanding. Yeah. So I believe Amazon Prime does their own movies now. HBO is going to have their own movies. So. Seems like everyone's competing up against each other, but that's good for us, the viewers. Exactly. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the movies from this year. Like Alex had mentioned, it was just like with Endgame coming out as being like the number one like movie of all time from the box office standpoint. Uh, it was cool. Mm-hmm. It was cool, you know. Uh, there was another foreign movie that I think I should mention just because uh, it's called Super Thirty. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an Indian movie, and it basically shows about like the educational like. Um, Differences that you see with socioeconomic uh, classes. So you see, like, this whole struggle with poor people, whereas rich people kind of get, like, a pedestal mm. for education. Yeah. So seeing how an Indian movie kind of dived into it, and it's a true story, too. So it was like, Dang. it was really cool how they made that story to come out. And it was actually one of my favorite movies. Nice. Yeah, there's a lot of movies, too, that we didn't even get to mention. A lot of movies that I didn't even get to see that I still want to see, exactly. as we were talking about before the before the uh, show, before we started recording. So, yeah, overall, really good year for movies. Thanks again, guys, for hopping on the show. Really appreciate you. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Thanks again for tuning to another edition of the My Mike and I podcast. I am your host, Noah Alvarez. And before we sign off, did want to thank Generic Sports again for producing the instrumental playing in the background. Did also want to thank Vince Correa, too, for helping design the Mamaika and I logo that you are seeing in your screen. Also wanted to remind the people listening at home that we're available on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, TuneIn, and Stitcher. Be sure to hit that subscribe button. And if you really like the podcast, be sure to share us with a friend. Nothing better than spreading the podcast via word of mouth. And if you're also listening on the Apple Podcast platform, I'd greatly appreciate any review possible, whether it's about a particular episode, something you did like about the previous shows that you have listened to, or whether it's this show. I greatly appreciate any feedback. You can also give me some feedback at my Twitter, at underscore Noah Alvarez, or on Instagram, at Noha underscore Alvarez is my personal page. Or um, that my Mike and I podcast page is at my period Mike and period I. That's Mike spelled with M I C. But yeah, I'd greatly appreciate any feedback I can get with the podcast. Also, if you're listening to the podcast and you feel like you have a great story, you have a great background, you're a CEO of a company, or you just have something really interesting to talk about, a really particular niche, well, reach out to me and we can see if we can get you on the show. I'm trying to expand to different topics. There's still a few topics that I, I have discussed on the show that I'm really proud of, but there's also a lot of other topics that I haven't discussed at all on the show that I'd love to get more in depth to because I'm a person who likes to talk about all different things. I know we have a lot of sports and a lot of artists on the show talking about their music careers, but I really want to branch out and get into the brains of different people, get different perspectives, and just help branch this podcast out into new into new categories. That's the goal and the vision I have for this podcast, not only in 2020, but just in years to come. 
Well, that's going to do it for episode 87 of the My Mike and I podcast. I'm Noah Alvarez, the host. I'm signing off. Till next time.